bodies are like we're in countdown uh, mode. <laughs> <laughs> we're in like stressed out to the max mode, and then it'll be all over, right? Oh my yeah, god! The race to a holiday. Mako, where are you spending your holidays? Are you going to the island? Are you going to be at your house in Seattle? Where are you going to be? I may leave the bunker. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my my floors are delayed till January, so I don't think I'm going to the island. My wife and kids are going to Maui, and I am staying home. So I don't know. Oh, oh, a little alone time. But you know, island time would be nice too. Me and the me dog. Would. Me and the Not dog. The dog. <laughs> <laughs> the dog loves you no matter what. <laughs> Faithfully. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I apologize. I'm finishing up my bike ride. So that's why I'm. Oh, good for you. I just finished my yoga. So good for us. We did our daily practice and we're doing, getting some little bit of a little bit of physical in, uh, movement in there. Good for you. Ride for us too. <laughs> I haven't done mine yet, so I won't take any credit for success yet. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. I just got up early. That was all it was. Yes. Yeah. I took it slow this morning, which I think is sometimes what you have to do. Had a busy week. Very, very true. You do. You really have to sometimes just give yourself the uh, permission to relax and do nothing. How are you, Tamson? I am doing well. How are you guys? Excellent. I also had a busy week, so I'm kind of like in, you know, reset mode today. <laughs> Yeah, right. Take a break, unplug for a bit. Um, you know, do do uh, all the things you just want to do, but you don't have to do, right? <laughs> mhm. Mm mhm. As we come to the end of the year with all the demands of finishing the year out, you know, Christmas and our wonderful, you know, topic today, right? <laughs> and yeah, with performance yeah. evaluations. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I will give a quick plug and I'll probably repeat it, but you know, um we are we only have one more clubhouse after this that we're going to be doing and that will wrap up the start of this adventure but also 2021 uh, clubhouse discussions so um i'm probably going to be sending out uh, just a short little survey for for feedback to see how we can improve what would add more value so i'll include that in the newsletter so anybody who's listening to a replay that'll be the newsletter uh recap tomorrow but really want to make sure that we're excited and intentional which will be a theme for today about how we're planning going into the new year and making sure that we continue to evolve and, you know, think about things like Clubhouse, think about other platforms, but also continue to, you know, put our content mm -hmm. and our learnings and all the great things we discuss here out into the if, world. I'll tell you right now, if you say metaverse, I'm never coming. <laughs> what, about, what about NFTs? Should I, should I make that oh. as the final topic? Well, um, I assume you don't want me to attend. <laughs> what if we make it um, banana bread? Would that make you come to the event? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Actually, <laughs> if you Google, and I'll send you the link you can share, you should see this interview that Keanu Reeves gave talking about NFTs. Oh. He can't, he can't stop laughing how stupid they are. It, it's like, I, it's I'm so, going to send it me the link. It seems way out there. It seems way out there. It's, it's like a, a bunch of rock stars making a lot of money, right? He cannot <laughs> stop laughing. It's the greatest, like, three minutes you'll watch this week. Oh, okay. Yes, that please send it, and I'll include it for that. everyone to see it in the recap. Definitely. Good morning, Chuck. Hey, I've called out. I will, you know, everybody's jumping in here now, but I wanted to just take a moment here to congratulate you, Chuck. Congratulations on finishing your program, Thank getting your certification. Hurrah. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yes, you That's congratulations. It. a lot of work. A lot of work. Okay. Well, it looks like it's about time for us to get, we wanted to let a few more people trickle in here and to get started. And, and uh, this is the official Learning to Lead Clubhouse. And if you're not already following us, we really encourage you to follow us. We meet every Saturday morning uh, from 9.30 to 10.30 in the morning. Um, and this is really about talking about anything and everything leadership. It's really designed to uh, be a forum for leaders of all levels to come in, to do some networking, to talk about challenges, to get some uh, some practical tips. Um, th th you know, we just kind of like wanted to have this forum so that, you know, really people could just feel safe and be able to tap into some, to, to various different leaders. We have leaders of all levels here that have brought some great experience and a lot of perspectives uh, and resources to this group. So if you haven't uh, been part of the group at this point, we really encourage you to follow the clubhouse as well as those that are in the, in the clubhouse today. Um, and just wanna let you know that we also do a recap um, in LinkedIn and also on Substack. So for some reason you miss our clubhouse you can go back and you can read the, the debrief, uh, the, the high points of what happened, as well as listen and hear the discussion from the prior week. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, again, if you want to DM us, feel free to do that. There's a little, you can either do that Instagram or there's a little kite at the bottom right hand corner. Feel free to send us a message and we will be happy to answer questions or respond to you. Uh, let's see, Kelly. I don't know if I've missed anything. I'm going to turn it over to you to get us started, but I just want to say welcome. You know, you guys are all excellent, trans transformational, motivational leaders, and we're so happy everybody took time out of their Saturday morning to join us today. Kelly, it's all yours. Wonderful. Thank you for the kickoff. And what I was uh, mentioning before, and I always like to remind, um, you know, we show the replay. So if you're listening on the replay or you're, you know, share this with somebody that's on the replay, um, you know, welcome and make sure you follow and reach out to any of the folks that share, share their experience uh, in this group. And I appreciate everyone. We were talking earlier about how we are getting to the end of the year. It's very much a theme for today's discussion, but we are also, you know, going to be reaching the end of this calendar year. And really for this group, for this discussion, really want to make sure that we're being intentional, that we're capturing feedback. So be on the lookout in the next newsletter that we'll be asking for feedback. I'll create a, a little survey for everyone just to share, you know, how this can be improved, how we can make this better. We're always striving to learn and to grow and add value. So be on the lookout for that um, as well as, as we, we set our theme for the, we only have one more clubhouse until we wrap up this year and break for the holidays. So we'll be looking forward to, to having a great conversation and really kicking off a little bit of a break for all of us that we all need as we talk about being um, thoughtful about when we need to take rest breaks, but also really, really thinking about what it is that we want to achieve in our go forward, both professionally and personally. So I'm looking forward to the discussion today that will be all about giving effective feedback as we enter the end of year review cycles. You're probably already in it, if not already done with it potentially, um, but I think there's a lot to be discussed here to make these really meaningful um, practices that we can do both for ourselves and for our teams. But I do want to start with uh, my favorite part of the day, which is let's do a one word theme. How was your week? Um, if you looked back, what was one word that would encapsulate or summarize how your week went? And as a reminder for those listening to replays, do this as well. Keep track of it, write it down and look back and see how, how your weeks went and what you can learn from taking a practice of being reflective both on a daily basis, but also even just on a weekly basis. So with that, I'm going to start with Mako. 
Uh, I'll say continuity. Go read about it on makewisdom.com. Yes, that I great, 100% great article. go read Mako's write-up. He shares it on LinkedIn. It's makoism.com. Highly recommend it. Great content. Continuity. I just, and I just I'm want with to, you. I just want to put a little teaser out there. You know, we all plan for the future and what we're going to do next, but his article's fantastic about preparing for failure. You know, we all fail at some point in our time, but read it. Really good read. Thank Mako. And I will include it in the recap. So if you don't know what we're talking about, I'll make sure that it's in the recap and you have a link directly over to Mako's write-up. Tamsin. I think, I think next year, though, I, I do need T-shirts, coffee mugs, and whatever swag I can start peddling. Yes, I'm with you. Swag. Banana, banana bread with your brand on it. <laughs> I like that. That's good. I like that. There we go. All right, Tamsin. I like that, too. Um, my, my word is relieved to a lot of busy things this time of year for me and a lot of compliance stuff, which I finally got wrapped up. So I'm happy with that and just happy to be moving on and away from that aspect of my work. Yeah, totally understand and relate with that as well. Chuck. Oh, I would say thoughtful. Um, yeah, just trying to navigate the last uh, few weeks of the year and, and how I want to approach you know different conversations and things like that. So um so yeah that's great and again very much on theme with today's discussion as well chad good morning morning uh i'd say grateful there's a i know it's not th necessarily thanksgiving season but there's a lot of stuff i'm extremely extremely thankful for these days wonderful yes there's a lot to be grateful for and i love a gratitude practice which we shared around thanksgiving time frame i'm rita good morning Hey, good morning. Um, overall, it has been just a slow, boring week. Uh, like like that kind of theme uh, when 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 it happens, especially during holiday time. So um, just boring and slow. You know that sometimes happens. I think I, I would imagine that even <laughs> over the holidays, I I embrace the boring and slow to give us a break so that we actually have a lot more room. So embrace the boring slow moments because they sometimes can be very rare. Gary, sure. good morning. Good morning. I, I think for me, it was just busy. Um, just trying to get everything wrapped up before the holidays. So it was busy. Yes, I'm, I'm in that zone with you, Gary. Ty, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so I just joined and I'm trying to catch up. Are we using giving one word to describe our week? Yes, we are. Welcome. Oh, so one word. I, I would say <laughs> completion because I'm trying to wrap some things up so that I can cruise into 2022. Love that. Yeah. And again, you see there's a lot of similar themes here going on as we all kind of get into this mindset of wrapping up a year. Tamara. I had a little challenge with the mic there. Sorry, guys. Um, I would use, I, I loved what you said, Ty, because I kind of feel like that's where my week has been as well. And I'm also tying into what, um, who said, who said thoughtful? Was that, was that you, Tamsin? I can't remember. Anyway, um, I just wanted to, to I, I think I would say focused versus thoughtful. Uh, I, I've been doing a, a lot with compliance too. And so I've, I've got to really get focused on, you know, making sure I build the infrastructure within my team. But I think that this has also been a week where I, I'm, 
I'm seeing that again at this time of the year, you have a lot more quiet time to sit down and reflect and start to think about areas you want to focus on. And in terms of thoughtful, just kind of being more in tune with, you know, how you're how you're communicating, the questions you're asking, how visible are you being, how supportive are you really truly being, which is really the goal of all of us as leaders. So that's what my week has been comprised of. Yes, absolutely. That's all great points. Um, And if I close us out on this portion, I would say my week was rewarding. Uh, I spent a lot of time this week and last week, actually, doing a lot of mentorship conversations and a lot of conversations with uh, incoming, you know, new talent coming into our organization. So a lot of recruiting conversations and uh, it was really rewarding to get, you know, validation and great feedback from those teams about the impact of making that time and showing up for them um, and really investing in their careers. And I think sometimes it's that reminder that we get very busy um, just with our work that we have to do. We also get very busy managing our direct teams or managing our own careers that we forget how rewarding it can be to really invest in someone else's career that maybe won't even report to you, but just somebody that you could have an impact on. Um, And I got a lot of that this week. And so it was, again, a a very rewarding week for me. Um, With that, thank you so much, everyone, for participating. I love love hearing how everyone's week went. Again, I think it's, you know, we talk about end of year and we talk about being intentional and being reflective and using downtime that this is one of those small things that we can do to remind that it can actually only take a few minutes to just pause and ask yourself how things are going, how you're feeling, what you've accomplished. Um, Sometimes I think we make these things much bigger than they need to be, uh, which means we don't do them. So it's that reminder and shout out, you know, even as we get ready to go on break, you know, very quick here, you know, potentially keep up this this practice um, in between and, and just make take a moment to just take a pulse. How are things going for you? How are you feeling? Um, ask your question. How would you summarize your day or your week with just one word? So thank you as, as well for, for participating. So today we talked a lot. Already themes have come up. End of year reviews, annual feedback cycles. Um, so we want to talk about giving effective feedback and you know what you can why this is important. We'll start there. And then how do you do it? And this is where I think there's always great resources and tips and tricks and practices that leaders use. That's what I loved about this conversation. I learned from all of you about what you can do to be more effective in this space to enable success on both sides of the table, both you as a leader, as well as enabling your team. But I want to start with why it's important. And I think we probably, you know, as you're thinking about that question, and I'll, and I'll open it to, to the room to, to give your thoughts on why you think this is so important is, you know, I think we've all seen the unfortunate, maybe not productive, not constructive annual review, where we don't really talk about feedback. And then November rolls around and we all go off and do a write-up in some potential system. And our leader does a write-up in some system. And it becomes this formality that's not really beneficial for anyone. That's what we want to avoid. We want to avoid checking a box and doing something because we have to do it versus really seeing the potential value of using this time for our teams and for ourselves to talk about what we can do going forward. And I'm gonna keep saying this word probably several times more and be intentional about the goals that we are setting and the actions that we will take and calling back to Mako's article and newsletter, what are we planning for both success and growth, but also planning for failure and what we are going to do as a result of those learnings. So I want to pause it. There's a little bit of my 
my two cents and how I thought about this discussion today, but I would love to open it to the floor if there's things that come to mind about, you know, why is a giving, you know, feedback at the end of the year or giving feedback in general important? Why is it valuable as you think about leaders that might be new in their journey or very experienced? Okay, well, I'll jump in first. Uh, you know, I just want to kind of preface all this by, you know, there's been a lot of discussion and there are some companies that have completely done away with annual reviews because it's a, you know, it's it sometimes can be, you know, the, the thing that, you know, your, uh, an employee could be surprised by or, you know, maybe uh, the leader's not the most effective in delivering the message or really doesn't know how to, to uh, write an eval that's going to be... Um, constructive for somebody. Um, so it, I, I have to say, I, I think what's important to me as a leader and as in doing performance evaluations is to give feedback throughout the year, you know, keep notes of that feedback. And when I say feedback, that's positive or, you know, or areas of opportunity. It's not designed to be feedback isn't a bad word, but to give feedback you know, give summaries of that feedback to your employee so they have, you know, they can reflect back on it as well. And then that's kind of what builds the performance evaluation. But most importantly, you know, a performance evaluation is a really scary and very um, stressful pro uh, process for employees. You know, even us, when we go as leaders in for our evaluations, you know, you're kind of a little trepidous sometimes. And, and we all know we've had a leader maybe who hasn't done a great job at it. So, I mean, just knowing the power of what you're doing and how important it is to be thoughtful, to be constructive, to um, you know remember that you're molding this person and you're trying to help them be successful, or or maybe they're in a promotional situation, they're growing and you want to see them move up. It's really important that we sort of prepare them in the in the um, the performance evaluation so that we're preparing them for success. And that even if there's areas of growth, it's the way we say it. It's not what we're saying as much as it is the way that we say it. So um, I, I'm going to turn the mic over to hear what others have to say. I'll throw out a couple things really quick. I really like the way we do it here because there actually isn't a performance rating per se. We've kind of done away with the rating system. I mean, I feel like in 2020, 2021, whatever the year is, we, you know, we, it's kind of like this performance rating is like everybody gets a cookie. You know, I kind of, I kind of don't like it. So it's, it's really good that we've done away with those. I think the, the couple things for me really quick, and you touched on a few of them is one, there should be no surprise conversations. You know, I don't do annual reviews like that. I mean, it's just continuous feedback. So there really isn't that shock at any point of time. I think the other thing I'll just lens in on quickly too is I hate the compliment sandwich. And which is like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something really good, and I'm gonna give you the real truth. I'm gonna give you something really good, so you don't feel bad. And you know, to me, I, I really like the the concept of radical candor. I'm pretty straightforward with people. Um, you know, I had an employee ask me the other day, it's like, hey, how would you rate me from a, you know, an A to an F? And, and I gave him pretty honest feedback. And um, you know, I, I, which I think you know, it's hard to do. You don't want to hurt people's feelings, but also I think if you do it in a constructive way you can, you know, they can benefit from it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, you know, the worst is I've seen around me, not, you know, not particularly here where I am now, but at other places, there's a lot, you know, when there's like passive aggressiveness or the conversation after the conversation, especially on feedback, you know, a lot of quote leaders, you know, they don't like having honest conversations. They're hard. Yeah, Mako, I love what you said. And I think we're going to, you know, dig more into that 
what you just hit on because I completely agree, which is the continuous feedback and, um, you know, a leader that you know that that I, I've heard say many times is no missing conversations. And I think that applies not only to how we partner across our teams, but also, you know, I think the missed opportunity of, you know, when something's happening, it gives timely feedback in the moment. And it is the worst feeling, and Tamara, you hit on this, it is the worst feeling if someone is waiting all year and goes into a, a review and is shocked by their review. That is a failure of leadership, in my opinion, because it means that you have not been giving feedback throughout the year. And if someone's not performing or there's an area of growth, then you should be working with them in those moments versus waiting until the end of the year to deliver a message, right? That's that's ineffective ultimately in helping success. And I think another big piece that you hit on, Mika, which is, you know, another another quote that a leader that you are familiar with as well, which is feedback is a gift. And I think so often we shy away from it and we feel like we want only to deliver good news, but it's really not helping anyone if we don't actually give them feedback. And I think more people, of course, you know, be kind, be constructive. This is not about being mean to anyone, but I think giving them meaningful feedback that they can act on is going to help them. And I think that's an establishment of, of trust and transparency for leaders as well to know that we're going to help our teams grow. And that means that we're going to give them the feedback that might be hard to receive, but will actually help them succeed long-term versus only telling them the good news and really just ultimately holds them back. Well, I, I will, I will say that that leader did steal that second one from me. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to let you Great. know. Where I'm going to start quoting you on that. Where the, where the truth you're, lies you're on quotable. that. But, but I, but actually here, I'll give you another one quote too, as well. When you're giving feedback, I mean, and I would just say just as leaders in general, one thing I believe in is the extreme ownership concept. So like sometimes like when I'm giving feedback, you know, the employee hasn't succeeded or has succeeded, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, it's, that's your responsibility. <laughs> like to be honest with you, it's like sometimes you have to say it's like, I didn't do a good job doing this. Or I know, you know, when talking with you, I need to do this better, or this is the areas you need help with. This is what I have to own up to. And, you know, protecting, you know, it's a two-way street. It's not just, it's just not just somebody who works for you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and well, and I want to tag on to, to that um, is, is that I think, you know, we have these three questions that you pose, Kelly, you know, why is it, or two, excuse me, I added the third one. Why is it important? How do we do it? But I think the other piece, you know, kind of talking about what you're, what make what you just mentioned about extreme ownership too, is the preparation, like how do you prepare for it? You know, is it is it something where you get like a an, 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 something from HR saying, finish your performance evaluations for all your employees in the next three weeks, which is kind of like slamming it out, right? Versus how are you really preparing for it? And part of having that extreme ownership is for the employee to be able to evaluate themselves before you come together. So you can kind of build in their feedback as well and really try, I saw a really great tool uh, that uh, they had where they rated them based on like five different categories, which I, I could mention. Um, it was like quality, it was a productivity, quality of work initiative, teamwork and problem solving. And I think to build into that, like let them identify where do they think they can improve, see how much that aligns with what, you know, conversations you've been having with them throughout the year. And, uh, and, and then you're, then you are creating that ownership accountability and, and giving them something to focus on for the for the prior year. Um, and then we can uh, later on. So I, I just want to say that maybe we want to talk a little bit about how do we actually prepare for it versus how we do it and why it's important, because I think that's a very important step in the process. I wanted to add, you know, just 
<clears throat> there was a, a comment. I mean, Kelly Mako just talked about like feedback as a gift. And um, the one thing that stuck with me over the years and helped guide me through some situations where I had to develop this skill and get comfortable with providing feedback was um, in the book Radical Candor. There's a story about Bob and um, and she let Bob go. And, and he said, I didn't know. No one told me. And it wasn't just that she didn't tell him, but he wasn't also getting feedback from his team as well. Um, and that's something that's really stuck in my mind. And um, and over the past few years, we evolved into more of a continuous quarterly feedback process so that no one's surprised by anything, but also wrapping in, you know, peer to peer feedback conversations and getting people to understand not just what I think of how they're performing, but what do their peers think about how they're performing and their strengths and things that they can improve on and so forth. That's an yeah, excellent that's, point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that's really great. And I think um, I'm going to start to shift us slightly because I think that, you know, both what Tamara was saying, which I really love is the addition of the question, how to prepare for it um, is also, you know, as we start to shift a little bit into how do you actually do this? It's already started to come up in the conversation naturally, but I think that's a very natural segue that, you know, Chuck, that you brought up, which is, you know, how do you do this? And I think one area or one, one you know, really important component that I have found is very successful, especially for annual reviews, is, is doing what is kind of a 360 review and soliciting feedback from different people who work with your team member. And I think you can ask them to tell you, who should I get feedback from? And then you can select who you would also want to get feedback from. But I think it widens the view of, you know, really thinking about feedback versus it being my only job is to, you know, manage up to my leader and their expectations. You know, it's much more about, you know, how effective you are and some of the things that you said, Tamara, as well about measurement around how you're working with others, how you are leading others, you know, the impact that you have in your role with your expertise. So I think a 360 review format can be really good. And that can be as simple as sending out an email to those leaders to respond to that can be create an anonymous form where they can just do ratings and, and add some, some, you know, feedback written up doesn't have to be a big, huge effort that has to be run out of some central team or big tool. You can keep it very simple, but it's really, I think, a great way of providing your team um, really well-rounded uh, perspective on how they're doing so it doesn't become, this is only my leader's perspective matters. It's actually everyone that you might be interacting with and supporting. And I'll finish that statement with a question. Do you have other examples or ideas or things that, that you do to effectively run um, and give feedback? I think one of the things that I have found successful in the past that I think that a lot of the folks that I've given reviews to have really appreciated is the fact that I really take it seriously. Like some, some leaders that I've dealt with do their annual reviews like, ah, oh, crap, I gotta, they're due tomorrow. I gotta pound through five of these in the next two hours, and that's not the way to do it. I had really like to take the time to, in, in the written format, put in a lot of content, like really spend that time per person and really, really give them that detailed feedback so that they know that when you get, what, on whatever the format is, a lot of, of words, a lot of, of thought, a lot of, 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 of just content 
that you're providing to someone in, in a written form that then you can talk about and when you have your verbal discussion with them, that shows that you care about them. And it really shows that, that you're really taking this seriously. And it's not just wang, bang, there you go, there's your review, next one. So I found that to be very successful and people have told me that they've appreciated that. I really like that, you know, and I, the practice that I've been doing for many years, I think Gary's probably received a couple of these, but what I always do is I ask for, you know, three to five peers, three to five, uh, you know, supporting teams, uh, team members, whatever. So I have a, a pool of like 10 or 15 people that I ask, you know, four or five questions on, I collect all the feedback. I put it all in anonymous form and then I, you know, write my thoughts around it as well. So by the time I give it to an employee, they have like a, a package almost like it's a, you know, it's actually a pretty dense doc. I didn't anonymize it, of course. And if there's anything that is, you know, uh, hurtful, I was, and I, and honestly, I've gotten feedback from people that I would, I'm like, oh, I'm not putting that in there. That's just mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do that. But, but I think, you know, providing a lot of different viewpoints can also open people's eyes to things, but also I think, um, you know, it shows that, you know, to your point, you've taken the time to, to think about the person. Now, I would say on the flip side, it gets very challenging when you have large organizations. If you have more than eight or nine reviews to write like that, it is very time consuming. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you really have to, to figure out how to do that kind of feedback more continuously so you don't have to do such a big, big annual type thing. Yeah, that's all great. Oh, go ahead, Gary. I, I was going to say, I have a bad connection today, so I apologize if, if I break up. But I, I, I just want to emphasize that when Maker did that for me, I found it very, very rewarding and very insightful. So, um, yeah, I, I try to do the same for my um, people, too. Yeah, and I think what you're both hitting on, which is really important, is, is make the time for it, right? Really, and, and Tamara, you hit on this, right? Prepare, prepare for this. And I think there is this aspect of continuous feedback that is really important, as we talked about earlier. But I think the annual review is a really important time period where we can really step back and take a really big view of what's been happening over the last year. How does that align to the priorities of the company, to the area of the business, and personally and professionally for individuals? And I think it's an important snapshot to do that as we think about reflection at a big macro level, but then also to really think about where we want to go in the future. What are the goals that we actually have? And so I think, you know, spending the time to really look at strengths, opportunities, and, and I think modeling, talk a lot about modeling behavior, modeling that behavior for our teams to see it's important to create this space, to make the time to do this. This is really important work that is often, you know, Chad, you kind of said it or Mako said it, right? Like, People just kind of like want to rush through this. It's oh yeah, I just you know type up some stuff, and I'm complaining about the amount of work that has to go into this, and I'm not spending a lot of time understanding the importance and, and value add of making time for this and showing my team how important it is to be intentional about how they are planning for their careers, for their growth, and for their performance in the upcoming year, and what they want to deliver and what success will look like for them. So you know, kind of adding all of that to say that you know being thoughtful, making the time. And demonstrating that I think is really critical in, in in both what we talk about frequently, right? It's it's the words that we say things are important, but it's the actions that follow it up. 
Yeah, we set up a um, basically we tried to we kept it really simple and lightweight, um, but just sort of keeping track of performance through the year. Um, we just set up a shared document online and um, basically, what are you proud of? What are you thinking about um, in the future? And then managers feedback, and then um, we sort of keep you know track of that through the quarter. At the end of the quarter, we talk about it and. And then I, I basically will tell them that they're heading towards this specific rating, um, which we still have to do, you know, during the during the official review sessions. But um, it keeps it really lightweight. It keeps it an ongoing performance conversation, and and people have really enjoyed, you know, having that kind of continuous feedback. And I'm also curious, I'd, I'd love to hear what others' thoughts are around, uh, I don't know if your performance evaluations you work on have ratings. You know, you have like, you know, either it's, you know, need per, needs improvement to average to exceeds expectations or something of that nature, or you have a, a numerical rating. And I And for me personally, I find it interesting that Sometimes I'll follow leaders that have given everybody excellent. They exceed. They're just doing fantastic. You know, they're doing above and beyond in every single category. And so sometimes I have to recalibrate my team, you know, to let them know that, you know, if you get average, you're or, or not, I shouldn't say average. If you get, say, three out of five, and that means you're meeting the expectations, you're doing your job. You're doing everything that's expected of you. And then I have to define to them what... A higher rating than that is that you become and you're involved in a project you're leading a project you you know developed a slogan what whatever that may be so they understand the difference between doing your job and going above and beyond so i'm, I'm curious to hear from all of you how that particular piece of the evaluations have been how you've dealt with that piece i think it's uh, always been a, a major challenge that i have found with folks because especially the younger folks who are, are just starting their careers and things, they see, you know, the, the education system where they're getting A's and they're getting B's and no one wants to get a C where they're meeting expectations. And that's a hard thing to sort of help them understand that, no, you're, you're, you're doing your job and it's fine, but it, they are high achievers and they want to get A's every time. And the, the rating systems in corporate America don't work that way. And that's a, a real challenge to get through. Yeah. And, and yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And I think that's why for me, I have to really sit down and explain to them. This isn't like you said, you know, this isn't a grading system of, you know, you got an F or a D or a C, but you know, versus an A and helping them to understand that, that, you know, that it, it's okay that, you know, don't compare it to, you know, you appreciate this. It's not an experiential thing, right? This is just as simple rating systems as you're doing your job, you're doing great. And if you can really help to define those ratings, I think it really puts the employee in a better place in terms of understanding, accepting what you're giving them. How about others? Any others have any comments around that? Yeah, so this is Ty. I, I personally am not a fan of the rating systems. It feels a bit punitive and... I really just don't like it. And so one of the things that I do like, I definitely like the peer evaluations and the 360 evaluations. Uh, I would like to see more anonymous reviews, to be honest, 
where maybe people are selected. I just really don't know what the answer is. Maybe where people are selected and they can leave their feedback anonymously. And the reason I say this is because one of the things that I've seen is the toxicity in the workplaces where people are afraid of their boss and they want to align themselves with their boss. And so that if they know their boss isn't a huge fan of someone, they may find themselves giving feedback to, um, again, just to align themselves with that, that boss. And one of the reasons that I like the peer evaluations is because sometimes you really don't know the things that someone does that is above and beyond because you don't see it. Um, so if you, you evaluate someone or, or rate someone based on what you see, it's not always uh, really just a true, just a true evaluation of what they really do. Uh, for instance, there, there have been a lot of times where I've done things behind the scenes, helped other people with reports and just getting the data out or whatever it was. And no one saw it because I never thought to brag about it. I never thought to show about what I was doing. And, you know, so if you, if you evaluate me based on what you see, it would never be a fair evaluation. And I know this is the case for a lot of other people as well. Oh, excellent points, Ty. And and I think that kind of ties to the, the, the portion of even self-evaluation, you know, because if you're doing above and beyond work and you're right, because sometimes the leader doesn't know all the little things you're doing in the background that really is, you know, beyond your scope of, of, of duty or whatever. And um, and so, you know, may, I want to kind of tap into that self-evaluation piece or even that continuous feedback that you're doing where you're meeting with your, you're doing the one-on-ones with your staff and your and you're capturing these things, but for that employee, when you're doing, uh, you know, either level setting, you're, you know, you're doing your feedback throughout the year or in a personal evaluation or uh, annual evaluation is to, you know, to help them to understand how important it is for them to really capture that because you're right time, they're not going to know. And, you know, you don't want to toot your horn all the time. That's not the purpose. You just do this because that's who you are. That's your work ethic. But how do you, you know, to try to encourage them to keep track of that. And that's the value of the self-evaluation. They can actually showcase. I always say, this is the time for you to toot your horn. Tell me all the things that you've done. You know, tell me about where you see yourself, where do you want to improve? And it can be very beneficial and come across as more supportive that way. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And man, the, the problem is, like you guys have already said, it doesn't happen nearly enough. And to give someone feedback once a year, and it's a check mark, you know, it's a thing, it's a check mark thing. I have to get this off my list, off my desk because it's due. I see that more than the thoughtful evaluation. And that that's never fair. I've even been given evaluation forms and say, hey, here, read over it. Uh, let me know if you have any questions. Like, what in the world? Um, they give me the form and, you know, read it. If you have any questions, let me know and sign it and bring it back. And, you know, and, and honestly, even when I didn't agree, I, I just sign it and give it back because I know that you don't care enough, really. Because if you did, you call me in and let's have a chat about whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think even quarterly, I don't I don't really know how you how what's best for every organization, because I do understand that there are some organizations with hundreds to thousands of people and that doesn't work necessarily but I do think that you could do large group meetings and then do like some breakoff sessions where you do get an opportunity to talk to people one-on-one if that's the case but we also have to identify the employees goals right so when 
when in the self-evaluation, you know, you're asking things like, what do you want to improve on? What do you think you're already good at? And, you know, we have to know where they want to go. And then we also have to make sure that when we're doing the evaluation, that the goal is to help, right? Like if we're not helping, then it's really no point because a lot of people just, they use those annual evaluations and things like that as a way to get people out the door. And if you're not trying to help along the way, then you probably shouldn't be in leadership. And I understand some people do have to go because they aren't a good fit, but there are a lot of people who would improve things had they only knew, just like you were talking about Bob in the book. So there are people who just need to know. And and once a year, you're going to let somebody go 365 days of not doing a good job before you finally say something. Like to me, that sounds foolish, but you know, here, here we are, here we are. If, if, and, and there's an accountability piece. If as a leader, I have people on my team who aren't, where they need to be, then I, as a leader, need to make sure that we're, we're having these conversations and I'm, and I'm helping you to get there. And if, if, and if that does fail, at least I can have that documented that I did my best to help you get there, right? These things were brought to your attention. And then at the end of the year, if we have to pull out all those quarterly reviews or however often we look at it, and then I have to look at it and say, okay, um, they didn't improve here. They failed to take my advice or come up with another solution that was viable. Then, you know, then we have to do what we have to do. But I, I just don't feel it's right to allow someone to go in the wrong direction for so long without ever saying anything. It's just it, it really I mean, it really just doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you really just think about it. Oh, those are all so just so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. That you're you're right. And and again, it, it the demoralizing of the entire team if you let those problematic employees just, you know, go on about their business and do the things we're we're focusing on we or, or the flip side, should I say, is flipping on the problematic employees so much that the ones that are actually your high performers are not getting the attention that they, they need. And and that's when you really need to throughout the year be dealing with these things. So you're not waiting till the end of the year and everybody's demoralized and you know your your team's now, you know, not not functioning at the highest level that it should be. Um, I, I would just say that I, I'm curious to know, is anybody in here, I would love to hear from somebody in here that maybe is managing a very large group of employees that have to do performance evaluations. And how do you approach that when you have that many to do? And, and also, I would be curious to know if you have a large group and you have direct, you know, some other leaders below you that are doing these evaluations, you know, how do you... Uh, manage that? How do you make sure that, you know, they're getting the support, they need to do it effectively as well? I'm just curious if anybody here does have large groups, I'd like to hear how you handle it. Well, I can chime in. I haven't, my team right now is not really um, large, but I've, I've managed a larger team. Um, and I think it's, I think it's, I, I love some of the tips that have already come up here about you know, I'm a big believer in continuous feedbacks. Um, and I think Ty made some phenomenal points that I'll, I'll kind of circle back to. Um, but I think with larger, you know, organizations, often I've had, you know, a leadership team that I, I work with and then they provide feedback. And I think a lot of, you know, what I, what my leadership style is, it's less about, you know, checking their work or, you know, being really deeply involved in their feedback, but it's more about, continuously talking about our jobs as leaders and what we need to do. And a lot of what Ty was hitting on that, 
we have a responsibility as leaders to to lead our teams, to invest in our teams, to work with our individuals. And I think that, you know, that's something that you do by providing that guidance. And then again, I always kind of go back to demonstrating that behavior. So how how we are instilling in our direct reports, our leaders, so that they can carry that forward into that team, their, their team. So you can kind of reinforce that both through guidance on how we're going to do this, how we're going to approach it from a process perspective, but you're also then showing them how it's done as you work with them one-on-one. So I think it's really important to kind of have both components of that, you know, and I think Ty, a lot of what you said was so powerful. And I think it's important to, you know, we talk a lot and hear about it. And it's the reminder that this is really about people. These are about, we are humans, right? It's about connecting on that level. And we are going to have individuals that not are not a good fit for our team. It will happen. If it hasn't happened to you already, it will at some point. And I think our job as leaders is to treat everyone with dignity. And even if they're not a good fit, let's actually work with them to figure that out so that they actually understand and see that. There might be, you know, really challenging situations where people refuse to see that something's not working. But I find quite frequently if you just work with people and help them understand what success looks like, what expectations are continuously, then they can start to make informed decisions for themselves versus not getting any investment or any time from their leaders and then getting that terrible review at the end of the year. That doesn't really help anyone. I think to your point, it's also com- becomes a kind of complete waste of time for everyone that we just kind of go through the motions and we're not really leading at that point. We're not really managing our teams at that point which really hurts everyone, both ourselves, that individual and the rest of the team. So I think it was a really good reminder to bring up of, of spending that time, um, even when it's with a challenging um, you know, individual, remember you have to work on growth or maybe you're just doing a disservice by not spending that time and really investing in, in your team and helping them understand where they need to improve or what success looks like so they can actually make some informed decisions about their career as well. Yeah, that was really good, Kelly. And so, and, and to that, I would ask who's evaluating or giving feedback to the evaluator, right? So we can do all that. There's just levels to the accountability. We can give all this feedback, but at the end of the day, it it, it falls on the leader. It falls on the leader. And we just have to do what we have to do daily to make sure that we provide the opportunities for growth for our team and opportunities for personal and professional development. And if you want to see your your team members grow, it's really good to have a really good professional development system in place, whether that's sending them to classes, if they want to take, even if it's something on you, Demi, you know, just giving opportunities for them to grow professionally and just making that a part of your culture, that helps out a lot because, um, you know, some people just don't, they, they don't know what to do and they don't know where they need to grow because maybe they, it hasn't been modeled or maybe it hasn't been verbalized. And, and that's a big one. And like we were saying, just, just not saying, not telling people what it is that you expect, not having clear expectations or uh, routines that you have at the, at the place of work. People need to know, but you have to tell them or show them for them to know. You can't assume that anyone knows anything. And hello to you, Chad. Yeah, really, really great, great feedback. And I love your point about having, you know, tools for professional development. And 
um, and, and having, you know, clarity on, on what we can do for, for, you know, understanding goals going forward. I do, I would love to ask, and I think it's a little bit related to Tamara's question, you know, what are the tools that you all have used to capture feedback, but also I think really importantly to, to track goals? So, you know, Chuck, you hit a little bit about the, the tool that you all have used to provide kind of even just written, you know, inputs throughout, you know, the year and, and review it on a quarterly basis. Are there other things that you all have used to help kind of keep track of those threads? So if we set kind of goals and expectations at the end of the year, as we're talking about feedback and growth and, and where our, our teams aspire to go, how do you then make that actionable? How do you start to think about capturing that? Um, we all often have seen the corporate systems that are, you know, very annual focused, but are there other things that you have found successful in, in tracking some of that feedback so we don't lose sight of it and then have another gotcha moment, maybe at the end of the year, where we're repeating the same conversation. I want to point out and uh, Kelly, you can probably put it in the resources on our recap here is uh, the Mark, uh, Mark Arcana, Arana. Am I saying his name right? I'm sorry. I'm probably crucifying his name and I don't mean to, but his one-on-one tool. I, I loved it. Everybody loved it when he presented it and it's a great way to capture the information. And, you know, if you, you know, you can, you can put it into some kind of a, you know, a tracking tool online, or you can simply, recap it to the employee and have that have that uh, available that you can pull it out and put it into the performance evaluation. And ideally, I guess it'd be awesome to have like a performance evaluation that was like a living document throughout the year, right? And the other one that I would mention is uh, Manager's Tool, Manager Tools. Uh, it's an online uh, site for uh, leaders of all levels as well. They have a really nice one-on-one tool. It's the 10-10-10 format where, you know, you, you give the uh, employee the first 10 minutes, you give the second, the second 10 minutes is for you to talk about where they are in the last 10 minutes is about their growth and development. Um, so those are the tools that I typically will use throughout the year and keep track of that for the time when the performance evaluation comes for my, my portion of writing things outside of the 360 or the peer feedback. Yeah, I love that. And if others have other tools or resources that they've used, they found successful, I, I think that's great. And I think, um, Tamara, to your point about one-on-one structure, yeah, I, I will include um, the structure that Mark had talked about previously in one of our earlier sessions. And I think this ties a lot to, as we talk about continuous feedback, You know, I think it's twofold, right? One, we as leaders being intentional about creating structure for one-on-ones and how we're using that as a really effective way of carrying forward the feedback, the growth areas, talking about goals, getting that clarity on what we care about as an organization, but ensuring that we're actually investing in personal growth and development for our team members. Um, And I think it's a great way. So if anyone's also fooling themselves on the other side of that table, right, they're working with a leader that's not spending a lot of time doing this type of work, using your one-on-ones is, I think, a really impactful way of starting to kind of own and drive that conversation. Um, which is to start to insert those conversations into your one-on-one agenda. And I think that's a great way of starting to surface some of that as you're thinking about wanting to get more regular feedback on an ongoing basis versus waiting until the end of the year. So it can be really kind of powerful, um, I think, on both sides to ensure that we're we're using our time effectively and focusing on the things that we really care about um, and ensuring that we're focusing not only on the work that we have to complete, but also 
on our own goals, our own professional goals, our personal goals, and ensuring that we as leaders are then providing opportunities um, based on what those goals are. And I talk about that a lot with my team, especially this type of year, that I'm a big believer in continuous feedback, the more clarity that they give me about what they aspire to do and where they aspire to grow and learn the more effective I can be in providing them the opportunities, the projects, um, the relationships, all of those, the more effective I can be in supporting their growth and development. If they leave it to me to guess, that's challenging because now I'm guessing based on what I know about them and what I know that they do, but that may not match with what they aspire to do, which might be a career transition. It might be doing something very different or growing in a way that that I may not see or know. So. I think that's, again, another piece of the reminder of, you know, we give feedback as leaders, um, but also everyone here also feeling empowered and empowering others to raise their own feedback. Um, and, and to close that, I, I didn't want to forget as well, I think, as we talk about giving for, uh, effective feedback and we talk about carrying it forward and the tools and resources that we can use, it's also really important that we as leaders welcome feedback ourselves. So I have also seen it, and this was part of, you know, the structure that Tamara referenced that Mark mentioned about gathering feedback. But even in the annual review cycle, I will, on one part, I will actually solicit feedback from direct reports for individuals. That's an important lens. But I also will, um, will welcome that feedback from my team as well. And this is where anonymous feedback is really important. But think about the way that you're gathering feedback from your team as well, um, again, and empowering thinking this way, talking this way, and welcoming these open conversations and acknowledging that we all have room to grow. So that's, I know I threw a lot at everybody right there, but it's, I think it's important to think about those two-way conversations on, on feedback and ensuring that, again, we're, we're continuing to model behavior that welcomes constructive feedback so that we can all improve and we can all grow. I love uh, what you said there, Kelly, about inviting your your team to give you feedback as well. You have to be humble enough to do that. And I know that can be difficult from other people, especially when it's your quote unquote subordinate giving you that feedback, you know, just to just to take that. But the whole the whole purpose is to grow. And if we if you work together with your team, you're able to create really an unstoppable force, but you have to be willing to work together. You have to be willing to listen to each other. So, you know, when you, if you can change your, your perception, I guess, of feedback and evaluations, I think that will help a lot. Um, And, and that goes, and again, that's why I don't like the, the ratings because it feels punitive, but when you do it in a way where the purpose is for us all to grow and get better together, then it changes how people feel about the evaluation and they feel like a part of a team and they feel like you have a common goal. And you're just trying to, you're just trying to be a better team or a better employee, better organization. Again, sometimes it's just your, your perspective that, that makes a difference. I just was going to add, yeah, I love what you said, Ty, that was uh, exactly right on point. Um, is as I think for, for I just going to go back to kind of leadership and the whole process here is is just I think it's about in, being intentional about it, being authentic about it, being vulnerable about it and, and having and setting the right mindset. 
you know, it's like with, uh, and, and, and Chuck, you'll relate to this is, you know, being present and centering yourself before you go into a conversation, right? So, you know, you're, you're present and prepared to be there for that person, but being prepared to do this, uh, this task, which is a very important and very heavily weighted task for one of our employees as, as, as leaders, it's really important that we are intentional and that we really are thoughtful about it. And everybody's really articulated that very well. But I think it can't be um, understated or it can't be overstated. We really have got to, uh, you know, encourage those around us and even ourselves and challenge ourselves to to really put our all of our best into uh, the feedback and the writing up of, of what we do for our employees. And I want to say, too, one more thing, which is uh, I because I just got, you know, all this these these uh, pat, uh, you know, wrote forms for evaluations from my organization. And, you know, they're, they're, a lot of times they're very meaningless. They're not very, they're not structured in a really great way, but I think in the narrative part of it, you know, Mako, you talked about it, you know, is you can make that whatever you want it to be. And that's where we can really put our personal touch on um, really recognizing our employees in a way that is constructive, it's meaningful, it's motivational, and it moves them forward in a growth perspective for the following year. Yeah, I love that, right? Because I, and I think it's a, such a, a powerful point, which is that we set the tone as leaders, right? We set the tone for what to expect in those conversations, whether someone should be afraid or anxious or stressed out, or they should come in welcoming that conversation and feel like this is time for them. This is an investment in them. Um, and I think, you know, us as leaders providing the right tools, you know, finding what's effective for us to be able to enable, you know, a successful and effective feedback session. And then also I love the point on mindset, right? Really, you know, even as we go into that conversation, understand the impact that we have on people. You know, again, this is really about people. This is about humans. This is about how we work together and, you know, how are we showing up for others and what are we doing and where is our headspace there? And, you know, giving a feedback, it's probably not the time to be running in back-to-back -back meetings and trying to context switch and jump into a feedback session. Make some space, give yourself some time, think about what you, again, what you want that individual to walk away with. How do you want that conversation to go? But be it a challenging conversation, maybe there was a lot of opportunities for growth and, and development or a very positive conversation. Those, both are equal. Both require intentionality, require us to go in and really understand the importance of those conversations and take it seriously. Even as I would say, we do our one-on-ones, you know, we might sometimes get light with those and that's fine, but making sure that we are present when we are meeting with someone that we make the time to be present with them, to show them that we value them and we value the time spent investing in their, in their development and their career. And I think that's, that's definitely something that we all as leaders, you know, will continue and should continue to aspire to do for every one of our team members. With that, we only have a minute left. We are already done. Thank you so much for being here and spending a part of your Saturday with us and sharing um, all of your great thoughts. I will do the recap. I look forward to uh, sharing that with everyone and having one more discussion next Saturday before we break. Um, we may go into goal setting. We may talk about how we think about, you know, building off this conversation and go into kind of New Year's resolution timeframe and how we think about our personal goals, our professional goals. How do we think about that? Um, and what can we do to be effective for ourselves in, in that regard? But if you have a topic that you would like to recommend, reach out. Uh, as Tamara said, you can message us on here. You can reach out on LinkedIn, send over any recommendations you have that would be helpful. Um, but with that, I think I'm going to wrap up the room and ask Tamara to share with us a quote for the day. 
Great. Um, so this is from John uh, Quincy Adams. Um, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more and do more and become more, then you are a leader. So thanks again for making time today. Thank you for investing in yourself. Thank you for sharing all your wisdom. Go out and be inspirational and transformational and write those performance evaluations. We know we're all doing it right now. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you being here. We'll see you next week. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being here, Ty. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.